The following sermon is by Dan Thomas, pastor and teacher at Community Church in Edwardsburg, Michigan. If you've never visited us at Community Church, we invite you to join us at 28647 US 12 West in Edwardsburg. And now, here is Pastor Dan Thomas. All right. Um, well, I mentioned slide number two. Let's get this going here. I won't put that up there yet because it is scary. It, it's going to create a visual image that you're going to have a hard time washing out of your brain, I guarantee you. Uh, but uh, we have been around here through months and months, actually, going through the book of Acts. And as we've done that, we've also gone and looked at some of the epistles that Paul wrote during his journeys and things like that. We're actually going to wrap up that series today. We're going to start a new series for November and December from the book of Hebrews. I'll tell you more about that later. But I wanted to make one more uh, look at one of the letters that Paul wrote from prison and in the book of Ephesians. Now, the book of Ephesians, when we talk about that idea of strengthening Christians for hard times, I don't know if there's a better book. And one of the things that's in there is some of you are familiar with the, the writings that where Paul wrote about the armor of God. And at first I thought, hey, maybe that'd be a great thing just to look at is making sure that we're wearing the armor of God right now, that we're ready for that. But uh, then I, I found another passage that we're actually going to look at today in chapter 4. And what we're going to talk about in there is the idea of strengthening, building up the body of Christ. Getting ready. Now, I wanted then to talk about bodybuilding. Now, now that just hurts. Um, the, the fact that you would automatically laugh when I say I want to talk about bodybuilding. Because some of you do not think that I am an expert when it comes to bodybuilding. Is that, is that correct? What you don't know is these flannel shirts hide an awful lot. Uh, really, and you know, what, what you're seeing may be, uh, you know, just well hidden, but uh, what is really there, I, I wanted you to know that I actually, actually, you want me to get that off of there? <laughs> actually, <laughs> who said no? You got more problems. <laughs> you got more problems than the rest of us. Um, but uh, actually, if I were, you know, knew a lot of illustrations of practical points about weightlifting and building, that'd probably be helpful. But, but even more so, as we look at what the Scripture talks about in this passage, I think we'll see the whole idea of how Paul instructs us uh, to strengthen and build the body of believers. So we're going to go ahead and take off into this and do a little reading here, beginning in verse number 11 of Ephesians chapter 4. The Bible says that he, meaning God, gave and here's what he gave. He gave the apostles, he gave the prophets, he gave the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers. God gives these as gifts. Now, we're not going to uh, go into every one of those offices. Many folks believe that uh, the apostles were those who had uh, firsthand contact with Christ, uh, and the prophets were those who were getting the messages from God that they were sharing. The evangelist is the one sharing uh, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. But just as we talk about all these offices together, understand that God gives gifts to his church. Now, again, an image you may want to get out of your head when you leave here, but believe it or not, I am a gift from God to you. <laughs> You're like, is there a receipt? I uh, could return it. If you've ever gone to one of those white elephant things and you got, I got stuck with this. But, uh, but God says, I'm giving you people. Okay, what for? What is their job? Why uh, are you here? To equip the saints for the work of the ministry and here we have this idea of to build the body of Christ. Okay, so to equip the saints for the work of the ministry and to build the body of Christ. Let's read on a little bit more and we'll, we'll come back. Until, okay, we want them to equip the saints until we have all attained to what? The unity of faith 
and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine by human cunning and by craftiness in shameful I'm sorry deceitful schemes but instead rather here's what we ought to be doing we ought to be speaking the truth in love you know those five words right there are incredibly uh, powerful they're incredibly practical we'll come back and look at those a little bit more in a little bit here but we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head that is Jesus Christ from whom the whole body is joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part <coughs> excuse me sorry is working properly it makes the body grow so that it builds up itself in love Okay, so what we want to look at here, Paul is talking about how the body is built. And he says God gives gifts. God gives leaders to help with that. But then he, he talks some more, so we need to dig into this. We'll, we'll look first of all at the idea of what my job is or what the pastor's job is as far as building the body of Christ. But then we'll look much more at what uh, becomes all of our jobs. And the first thing that I want you to realize about my job is that I am not necessarily to do ministry, but my job is to produce ministers. Okay, sometimes we get the idea that, you know, that there's this big distinction between clergy and the other word is laity, okay? And the clergy are the ones who do the work of the church. The clergy are the ones that build up the body of Christ. We need to get away from that myth, and we need to get away from that model because that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that God gives gifts so that I can equip you, okay? That I can help to get you ready. The word equip there actually is the same word that is used uh, when the Bible talks about fishermen mending their nets. That, that same, it's the same word as mending, okay? Strengthening, getting it together, getting you ready for work, okay? Preparing you uh, for service, preparing you for participation. If I could... Take a minute here and just just explain something. Um, we uh, and most of you are aware of this, but not everybody. We going into COVID, we had two pastors, two full time pastors here. Uh, now we have one. We have several people that are part time, uh, that are paid to minister part time, and then we have a lot of people who just do a great, incredible job volunteering, uh, including the folks on the platform here here this morning. I appreciate that, uh, but. The, you know, there's a little bit of a change as far as that goes. And a lot of people have asked, okay, what are we doing? Are we going to replace or are we going to get another pastor? And I wanted to say, we, we talked to some of the small groups about this. Uh, we are planning on a day when we hire somebody else. But to be very honest with you, we're not in a super big hurry. Partly because of the fact that ministries are down a little bit as far as what we're able to offer. And, and as you, I've mentioned, we're not able to do the release time this year. Uh, we're still hoping to have something upward-wise, but it will not be as big as it has been before. Uh, so, you know, there's some aspects of that, but also we want to be very careful that, first of all, we hire the right, posi the right position and also the right person, you know, to be sure that we do that. So, uh, but what I wanted to mention with that is we have to be, and, and seriously, this is a little bit of admonition, we have to be careful that it's not like, hey, we need to get a pastor in here so that other people don't have to do as much. Uh, you know, we get this idea of a, a big distinction between, if you want to say, the professional Christians and the others. And that's not really how God sets it up. 
Okay, God doesn't set it up so that I do ministry. God sets it up so that my job is to produce ministers. So if we're thinking, hey, we need to get somebody else in here who can do everything, we're off base. We've got the flow going the wrong direction, if you will. We're not supposed to be channeling more and more of the work of the ministry back to the clergy. We're supposed to be channeling it the other way. I'm supposed to be equipping people for ministry. Okay, we got that? Now, what is the, uh, what is the idea? What am I equipping you to do? The Bible talks about uh, really a few different things that uh, I'm, equ I'm equipping you uh, for with, first of all, one of the things we need, of course, is unity. Now, in our journey through Acts, we end up talking about unity a lot. If you went through all the epistles in detail, you'd talk about it a lot more because Paul does. So I cannot ignore the message of unity. You know, you say, well, man, pastors are preaching about that all the time. And, and uh, after the election, we're really going to be preaching about it, and we need that. I want you to think about it from this standpoint. Um, my uh, sister, for a couple years, lived in an apartment uh, in Hollywood, Florida, which is a little bit north of Miami. And she lived in this high-rise apartment that on one side was the ocean, on the other side was the intercoastal. It's really pretty nice setup. And uh, my sister and I got really close during this time period. <laughs> I got down there to visit her as much as I could. Uh, but one of the things I loved about being there is when I could get up in the morning and take a little stroll along the, along the beach and watch the sun come up. I mean, that's pretty awesome. And, uh, but one morning I'm out there, and I'm walking down there, and I saw a guy, and uh, he's standing there. Uh, another bad visual image. He was European. That's all I'll tell you. Um, so he was wearing his Euro European swimwear. And, uh, and he's standing there holding a net. Okay? And um, he, I actually saw him one time kind of throw it out there to do a little fishing right along the shoreline with this net. But then he was just kind of disgusted. And I said, not going very well. And he said, oh, I forget the guy's name. It was some Russian name. Yuri isn't here yet. Uh, anything like that. So I walked on down the beach. And when I came back, Yuri, or whatever his name was, had showed up. And these two guys were working together with the net. Okay, one person with the net, not working very well. Two people with the net, all of a sudden is, is different. Because at first, you know, he's trying to pull the net and fish are going out the other way. Okay, but when they get together and they're drawing the net together, a lot more effective. Are you with me? If, if I want to say, we were, uh, back in August, we were having a prayer meeting here one morning. And we, uh, the topic of prayer for the day was praying for the lost. And uh, my wife and I have somebody in our family that we mentioned that we really wanted to pray for. And I think a lot of you can relate to this. A lot of you have somebody that you love and you care about and you've been trying to share Jesus with them. And it's like, I've been trying. I've, tried, I've done everything that I can. It's kind of like I've given up. And somebody suggested, and I appreciated it very much, they said, hey, you know what? We ought to pray that God will send other people into their lives more. See, because you keep trying to draw the net and they're escaping out the other side. God, would you send somebody to their workplace? Would you send somebody to their neighborhood? Would you send somebody else into their life? Because as a body of Christ, if we're pulling together, a lot more effective. How about it? That's good stuff. So one of the things that I am supposed to be helping you towards, growing you towards, is unity. And that uh, I think a, pur a purpose, a common purpose is crucial there. A second thing that we want to be uh, working on here is maturity. And the Bible talks a lot in here, you know, so that we're not young, so we're not carried about by uh, bad doctrine. And one of the things, again, that you think about when you think of immaturity is you think of fighting. But I want you to think about something else. Last couple of days, uh, I was helping my daughter with a home improvement project. And as I was working, I didn't get to spend a lot of time with my grandson, but I kept hearing his name. And it was usually followed by, get that out of your mouth. Okay, Easton, no mouth uh, like that because he's, you know, he's two years old and everything goes straight to the mouth. 
and uh, that's, the, that's a mark of immaturity. Whatever it is, they're going to eat it. Who among us has not tasted Play-Doh? Does that care? I mean, you know, you have to at some point in your life. Uh, it just looks so stinking good. Uh, and, uh, and who else has not witnessed a kid that we watched uh, do a little nasal work and hold on to it? And you thought, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. But sure enough, they did it. Uh, but, you know, Im- immaturity means they're not very careful about one of the marks of that is they're not they're going to eat anything. Okay, they're just going to eat anything. Did you ever watch, uh, you know, two kids, little kids feed each other too? Now, here, take this, jam it, jam this in their, in their mouth. It's just nasty. And one of the things that we are to be moving towards and that the pastor is to equip you towards or mend you towards is the idea that you have, you're not just eating anything. You are careful about what you're taking in spiritually. Does that make good sense as far as doctrine goes? Because there are always going to be. The very first lie in the, in the Bible, or the very first question in the Bible uh, comes in chapter 3 where what did Satan say? He said, did God really say? He begins right away to question the Word of God. And, uh, and that comes up over and over again where there is always going to be. The Bible talks about wolves that come in and they're trying to lead the flock astray. Okay, and they're trying to teach them. That is always going to be there. So one of my jobs is to prepare you so that you are not following this and following that, and you're ready to eat that which is good. Okay? Does that make sense? I, I want you to hold me accountable to what it is that God has called me to do. Third thing, and since we're talking about this idea of how important it is that we can discern between good teaching and bad teaching, the third thing uh, that I am to move build you towards or help you towards is a knowledge. The Bible used the phrase, the knowledge of the Son of God. I mentioned next week we're going to start a new series. We're going to look at the book of Hebrews. And I'm excited about that. Hebrews is a book that was written uh, when people were a little confused about who Jesus was. And it's basically, he said, no, you know, you're used to angels. No, Jesus is better than angels. The teachings of Moses, good. Jesus is better than that. The high priest, yeah, wonderful, but Jesus is better than that. And it really exalts Christ and explains who he is. And I'm excited to be able to do that because, you know, for so many people, they would claim to be trying to follow Jesus, but without really a knowledge of who Jesus is. Uh, There is a a story that they used to use all the time in philosophy classes to teach people about God. Uh, They call the story of the blind men and the elephant. I don't know if you're familiar or not. But they said, here's how it goes. There's a bunch of blind men, and they're trying to discover what an elephant's like. So one of them, of course, comes over, and he gets a hold of the tail, and he says, I know, an elephant's like a rope. And another one grabs the, uh, a leg, and he says, no, no, an elephant's like a tree. And the other one grabs the, or feels the side, and he says, no, the elephant's like a wall, or no, the elephant is like a spear. He's got a hold of the tusk. Or no, the elephant's like a hose. He's got a hold of the, uh, you know, this What's that thing called? Trunk. Uh, thank you. Uh, and, uh, and, and what happens in the story is uh, finally uh, the guru comes out and he says, no, no, you don't understand. You all just understand that part of the truth. You have to put it all together. And they say, oh, that's a great story that teaches us about how we know about God. But it really isn't for this reason. God did not leave us to grope blindly. God gave us the word of God and revealed to us Jesus Christ. So we are to know him. We are to know, if you want to say about him, yes. And we are to know him. And for so many people that claim to be following Christ, it is scary sometimes how little people actually know about the Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm pretty excited about jumping into Hebrews uh, next week with that. So, okay, so we get in there. God, uh, my job is not to minister 
qualified as the minister as part of the body. But my job is to prepare ministers or produce ministers. My job is to build us towards unity, maturity, and also towards knowledge. Now, I want to look a little bit at your job coming up here. The first two things I'll hit kind of quickly. One of the things that I think we need to realize is that we are not simply... Uh, we're not simply to see ourselves as citizens of a democracy. Now, what I mean by that is democracy means who rules? People. That's right. And a lot of times in, we come into Christianity and we think still, hey, this is, this is all about me. And everything ought to be done my way. But Christianity is very distinctly, and we have to be aware of this, it is not a democracy where we get to uh, rule. It's, it is a theocracy, which means who rules? And, and it very, very simply because a lot of people are like, okay, you know, I'm going to do this if this works for me. I'm going to do this if it goes my way. I'm going to follow Jesus as long as things are turning out the way I expect them to. So we have a tendency to go in sometimes and demand our, our rights rather than realizing that what we're coming into is a theocracy and we are following the one true king now. Okay, I mentioned we'll be kind of quick with that one. This one also for a second. It is also uh, our role is not simply be consumers in a business. Okay, so we're not just coming, and as long as we're getting what we like out of it, that's good enough. Okay, I'm not exactly a super faithful customer. Um, my wife and I have a basic rule with what restaurants. If we like a restaurant, we go there one time, and all of a sudden things aren't right. You know what I mean? The meal just wasn't good. The service was bad. We usually give it one more chance. But the second time, forget it, man. That's off our list. It is no longer on our approved list. We always play this game when we go out. You know, give me three choices. Okay, well, whatever that restaurant is, if it pat, it no longer gets in the three choices. You know, it, it, it just falls by the wayside. But this is totally off the subject. But every once in a while, I break from that. I was down in Indy. I don't know why I did this. I was at the store. I was getting a little hungry. I saw a White Castle. And I thought, you know, I haven't been to White Castle in forever. I, I, I want to go in there again. I'm, I'm sorry, but that is just plain nasty. Uh, if, you, if you run a White Castle, I apologize. I really, I really do, but that is just plain nastiness. I got two of those little sliders, and I thought, how do people, what is this that I'm eating? I don't even know. It was pretty bad. Sorry. Got off the su subject there for a second. But uh, to this consumer idea, we treat Christianity a lot of times. I'm, I'm when, when I say this, I'm not really even just talking about churches. Uh, and, you know, okay, we're trying to find the one we like. There's definitely an, a danger to that, but I'm not really going to preach against changing churches. Uh, this is the seventh church that I've been part of. A few of the moves were uh, simply because I had very strong, uh, knew that the Lord was moving me, including this one to here. But back, uh, you know, back when I was a teenager, my parents had a little bit of tendency to be what we call bunny believers. You know, every time we'd go visit them, they were in a different church and, and things like that. But they kind of hopped, hopped around a little bit as far as that goes. But I'm not really addressing that. What I'm talking about more is looking at Christianity as a whole and following Jesus Christ with the consumer mentality. In other words, saying, hey, as long as this is working for me, as long as this is meeting my needs, as long as this is living up to my expectations, I'll stay with it. Uh, tragically, I uh, saw from a couple of different old friends recently on an online post where they basically were saying, hey, we don't know, uh, I don't know, uh, I'm staying with this Christianity thing, or I have become so disillusioned with it. You know, again, I'm going to try it as long as it works for me, but Christ has pulled us into his family. He has adopted us, made it something permanent, not something that we just simply give a try. So we don't see it from the standpoint of just as citizens or just the standpoint of consumers, but we ought to see Christianity and our role in it as the role of servants. 
as a child of God, I am either a minister in training or a minister. Let me hit you with that again. As a child of God, I'm either a minister in training, I'm preparing to do the work of, of, of a servant, or I am a minister. We ask the question, what would Jesus do? Of course, that's kind of a famous little question there. In Philippians 2, we find that Jesus having this mind, I'm sorry, we're supposed to have this mind among ourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. This is something God has given us. Here's what Jesus did. He, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. So one of the easiest answers we can ever come up with as far as what would Jesus do is to say Jesus would serve. Jesus today is at the right hand of the Father. He went there through the cross. We are called to greatness also, but we're called through service. Okay, Jesus is called to the right hand of the Father. He went through the cross through laying down his life. We as his followers are called to greatness, but the path to greatness is also the path of service. And I want to challenge you in particular. I always, I don't want to start here. What I mean is I don't want you to, hey, that means you've got to get involved and everything like that because I think if we're really going to address this idea of serving other people, the place that I ought to challenge you to do that the most is in your homes. I, I really believe that. Now, parents, I realize there is a line where, where you're raising your children, you don't want to make it so that they think your whole purpose in life is to wait on them. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But I am saying that children... Our loved ones need to be serviced, and, and sometimes this, or need to see service. They need to see it modeled. You know, sometimes this is so simple, and, and I, I pick goofy illustrations sometimes on purpose, but I think you can relate to some things like this. I'm heading out the door the other day. I had taken the garbage out, and uh, I know that it needs a new bag. And, you know, I have a little battle with, should I take the, the 10 seconds it's going to take to put a new bag in there, or should I go? Uh, would my wife appreciate it if I took the 10 seconds to put the new bag in there, or should I just leave? You know, sometimes it's just little things like that, but I look for areas in my everyday life to serve others. And I want to encourage you in that way. If we are going to be like Jesus, we are going to be served. If we are going to strengthen and we are going to build the body of Christ, that mentality, the servant's heart, is going to permeate, okay? And again, I, I, I know there is a concern, you know, so we just do everything, you know, for our kids, and then they never learn. No, we obviously we need to teach them to serve others. But they ought to see it modeled all the, all the time, just a, a servant attitude that says other people have great value uh, to God, and therefore they have uh, great value to me. The fourth thing that uh, I want to us to realize our role is that we are builders. Some of you are familiar with a, a Bible word, the word edify, to build up or to strengthen. But this is something that we are all called to do. There's a few folks around here that typically encourage our encouragement to me. They make a super effort to try to say something encouraging. I won't embarrass them all, partly because I don't want to leave out some. Uh, most of them uh, says, are a little older than I am. Uh, they, they've done that. However, a little while back, I, I, I mentioned this. Okay, honestly, and this probably shouldn't have been. This probably isn't normal. But this business of during the March and April and everything like that, preaching to an empty auditorium, I struggled with terribly. I even, when I make announcements and the light, spotlight's on me and that you're all dark out there, I get confused. <laughs> 
you know, like, is anybody listening? I can't tell. I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm big into eye contact when I speak. Some of you are like, is he staring at me? <laughs> Creepy. Uh, but uh, but I, I have to have feedback. I, that's probably not a good thing, but I'm like that. I have to look around. And I have to see a little bit of feedback. So when you all look bored or fall asleep, it hurts. It just really hurts. But 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 we'll get, we'll get through it. But anyway, during this time of preaching to an empty auditorium, I, it was, I'm going to tell you, it was hard. I could never tell when it was over, kind of like, you know, okay, what was that? We're done. Go home. Go have a donut. Whatever. I really couldn't. And the sound booth guys were not much help. They weren't. No, they were. They they were just busy back there, and they'd be talking out. All right, hey, pull that out without a hitch. Uh, poor Dan, he's just wandering off. Didn't know, you know. But I, uh, anyway, it was very hard. One of those days that I was for feeling particularly low. I just thought, man, I don't know what, what's happening. I'm standing up there talking in an empty room. It's kind of goofy. Um. I came in that evening, and somebody, I won't mention her name, their initials are Daniel Brown, uh, but uh, Daniel just wrote me a little note and just said, hey, listen to the sermon this morning, it was great. I cannot tell you how much that helped. You say, well, you have an ego problem. Yes, I do, uh, but it still helped. It was great, but I was just thinking about, you know, this whole idea of you know, somebody, and, and you know, Daniel uh, is not a kid anymore, but at the same time, for a young man to take that time and encourage his pastor, that was powerful, and I'm sure he didn't realize how powerful it was. But I left, you know, I said, hey, somebody listen today. <laughs> I never know if anybody is. You know, the Facebook counts the views, but who knows what that means. Uh, you know, so I thought, somebody, man, that, that is great. And if we could, in the, things like that all the time, be building the body of Christ. Hey, thank you. Thank you for opening up your homes tonight. You know, if you got a note from a teenager afterwards, said, boy, how much I appreciate that. You know, thank you for uh, teaching my kids, taking the time to do that on Sunday morning. I hope occasionally, or more often than occasionally, these folks who lead in worship, you let them know how much you appreciate it. Because, you know, I'm, you know, they're they're in the building first thing with me in the morning, and 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 during the week getting calls and stuff like that. And uh, I, I hope we let, but that we're encouraging each other, that we're strengthening each other, that we're building the body of Christ with things like that. And it, it can be so simple, you know, to take something practical away as I am a servant. How could I serve today at home? To take this away and say, boy, how can I encourage somebody? How can I build up the body in that way? Because we are all to do that. I'm supposed to be building you up. You're supposed to be building me up uh, so that we're ready for what we are facing uh, right now in this wonderful world in which we live. That means we want to be praying for each other. And can I encourage you to do this? As you pray for other people, as much as you can, let them know. Stacy, I pray for you today, a text. Just wanted you to know I prayed for you. Just, you know, I just wanted you to know that. Now, I mentioned I wanted to go back to the five words, speaking the truth in love, and talk about that a little bit because this is a big part of building each other up. It's a hard part often to speak the truth. But I feel like I, I ought to mention this. Okay, let's I'll pick on Kelly just to... I would pick on Stacy once, and you're too close to the front. So let's say I see something in Kelly's life that is not, I, I think it's going to hurt her. And I feel like I need to speak some truth to her in a rebuking way. Okay? Now, here's what we do. I love you, Kelly, but I guess. And, and as long as we think as long as we throw the words I love you in first, it's okay. Okay? I'm telling you this in love, Kelly. Okay? Whether you realize it or not. I just wanted to mention something. That... That's, that's not good enough. And what I mean by that is this. That person that you're going to speak the truth to doesn't need to hear you one time say, I'm telling you this in love. They need to know that you love them. Okay? 
So what, what I'm saying is in this whole business of speaking the truth in love, it is very important that there is that atmosphere and the knowledge of love. It is not good enough for me to, you know, and honestly, it's not good enough for me to send you a text or put a post on Facebook and say, hey, I'm telling you this in love. You're a dirtbag, you know, uh, like that. that, is, uh, that that's not what the Bible's saying here, okay? It's saying I'm to speak the truth in love, but somewhere there has to be that community, if you will, of love that is understood because she's not going to listen to me if she doesn't think I really care, okay? And the, and the same goes. Does that, does that make some sense in community? So we are to build each other up, which is going to include confronting other people when they do wrong, which is very hard to do. But I caution you with that. To make sure that you do that with people that know that you already have a relationship with and they know that you love them. Because otherwise, it is not going to be very well received. In fact, sometimes even then, it's going to be very hard to be, be received. But if we're going to share, if we're going to build each other up, if we're going to confront other people when they do wrong, uh, we need to do so in a, in a atmosphere, if you want to say it like that, of love. One last quote I want to show you. We need to stop seeing community as something to be found, but see community as something to be built. Okay? For a lot of people, I need community. Okay? I need somebody. Uh, Francis and I, you know, often think we, we are incredibly blessed. Uh, when we were a young couple, had some other friends that uh, had kids about the same as us, and we've, we've had a community that has lasted for years, and we are incredibly rich and blessed because of that. But um, not everybody has that, and some people are, I'm struggling, I'm, and, and I mentioned this before, we're not designed to go through this thing by ourselves. We're designed to have the support of other people. And I've heard, hear a lot of people, whether it's this church or other churches, they'll say, hey, I tried to connect, but I just couldn't. I really struggle with that. Maybe I even tried small group, which is a great way to plug in, but I just didn't. And, you know, I never really built that type of community. I'm sorry, I never really connected. Okay, I want to encourage you to change your thinking a little bit if you can and say instead of looking, looking for finding it, take the approach of I'm trying to build community. Okay, and I hope that even as you come on Sunday morning, that that's what you're thinking. How can I build others? How can I encourage others? And I, I, I'm not trying to be mean with this at all, but you know, I'll hear somebody, man, I sat there the whole time at that church and no one spoke to me. And I'm sorry. I, that's unfortunate. That's sad. But I, I've heard that for years from every church I've ever been part of. You know, it, it's, it's almost weird to me sometimes because some people will come in as guests and I'll see, it's like people are lining up to talk to them. And other people, you know, I'm trying to run to the door to catch them when they're gone and they're already gone and nobody said a word. To, I, I, I never understand it. So what I'm saying is, you know, we'll do our best with that, but I want to encourage you, instead of saying, hey, I just didn't find community, to look and say, hey, how could I invest in other people? How can I try to build community? How can I go to minister to others and care for others? Small group, I'd say the same thing, okay? I know, you know, it's a big thing as I'm seeking this, I'm trying to find this, I'm trying to, uh, you know, get, get a hold of this. This has to be somewhere out there. I'm trying to find it. But I think the key more than anything as far as finding this community is changing up our mindset and saying instead of trying to find it, I am going to try to build community. And I hope that is our mindset, like I said, each and every Sunday morning. And, you know, I know we have awkward times, and, and honestly, you have to figure out, uh, you know, how close people want you to be, and you kind of uh, feel through that. 
But I don't think we can stop doing this. I mean, I don't think we can stop reaching out to other people and letting them know we care about them and ask them for help. And, you know, I, I've mentioned this before, but there is always a limit to the number of people that anybody can have as a good friend that you can influence. And it's not a very big limit. If the king of the universe had 12, you know, you do the math. Uh, so therefore, we won't function well if we count on clergy to be the ministers. Okay? The only way we're going to function and be a strong and healthy body is if you look and say, hey, I want, if I'm not ministering now, I want to start ministering, and I want to learn to minister. And if I look and say, you know, not that everybody needs to be connected to me because that's not going to help, but as many as I can to strengthen others to serve. Does that make some good sense? Okay, I hope it does. I hope that resonates a little bit. We can kind of jump into that and just say God has called me to be a servant, building the body of Christ. God has got me, called me to be a builder. Okay, helping, encouraging, lifting people up, praying for other people uh, within the body of Christ and take this as a challenge today. I've asked the group to, to come up and just so we could close in a song again. So we got David, Kevin, and Adam come back up. Okay, what was the line you were singing? I said we need to hear it over and over again. Everyone needs compassion. <laughs> okay, we're not really going to sing that over and over again, but that one is one of the lines of the song. And maybe, if you haven't been listening, if you take nothing else away, maybe just remember that phrase as we go forth. Everyone needs compassion, right? Uh, the, uh, <laughs> there was a song back, uh, probably my wife will be the only person in the room who remembers it. It was back in the early 90s. It was a one-hit Christian wonder. It was by a girl named Pam Thumb, and the song was just, Life is hard, but God is good. Okay, you maybe heard that statement, but the song was out there. And that never caught on the t-shirts. Life is good caught on, but life is hard never caught on. <laughs> Just didn't sell for some reason. But if we could be remembering that going forward, life is hard. Okay, and for many people that we face, they so much need encouragement. You know, we thought, what's wrong with him? He seems grumpy. We don't know what's wrong with him. It'd be something really tough. And if we could get in our mindset going forward that uh, everyone needs compassion. Everyone needs that. And God has put me in a place to minister where, you know, God has uniquely put me where he has me so that I can minister to others. To whom is that, that God would have you minister even this day? We have a new life in you. Lord, would you, as you've taken us in, as you've made us your body, as you've connected us together in you, Lord, would you continue to strengthen and build us? Would you use me in the role that, that you have me designed to be in? But Lord, would you use us all? in strengthening and building up each other. May we truly become what you designed a church to be, healthy and thriving. Uh, Lord, the attacks, <laughs> the lies, the uncertainty that abound in our world today are shaking, you know, a lot of people, just the, the core of their faith. Lord, help us to be there to build each other up so that we can stand against the evil that pervades often and seems to be getting the upper hand in this world. Yeah, Lord, just help, help us to find our strength in the head of the body and in the rest of the body as we help each other, I pray in your name. Amen. You've been listening to Pastor Dan Thomas of Community Church in Edwardsburg. For more information about the church, you can visit our website, edwardsburg.church. You may also contact the church via email, info at edwardsburg.church.
or call us at 269-663-2648. Thank you for listening.